Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. So we got a couple of questions, um, and I think uh, Harsha that uh, Peter just kind of answered that. Harsha said, if you can't get insurance cover on certain products, it will open up opportunity for Amazon to sell those products without much third-party competition. Um, so Harsha, I think what, what Peter was kind of saying is, is that, you know, there's barriers to entry for a lot of these types of products. Not to say that you can't get in there, you're just going to have to jump through a lot more hoops. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Peter, but uh, it's going to be very rare that you're not going to be able to get insurance on a specific product. Even if it's high risk, it's just going to take more effort and probably cost you more money. That's correct. Yes. All right. Awesome. Um, and are there some categories like toys difficult, difficult to insure by insurance companies? In other words, what do certify the restricted product? Yeah, we kind of, we kind of talked about that uh, already, Jamal. Um, if, if you want to go back and re-listen to this, the, the answer to that is yes, it's going to be more difficult uh, to get the certifications and to um, insure, insure them. Okay, cool. So, um, so Peter, um, let's see, what else do we have here? Um, how can sellers, uh, what policies should they, um, should they try to get on board? In other words, you know, to be completely protected, what type of policies should they have? And uh, what steps should they go through to make sure that they're going to be protected, fully protected by those policies? This is a really good question. Because what, what we found, <clears throat> so I remember when I started and I said how difficult it was to get the cover. Um, and I, I, I was saying, gosh, we just, we couldn't get proper policies. I mean, we got so many insurers in Australia who'll do product liability, but when I told them what we needed to be compliant, they always had a problem with, with some aspect. So these are the things to check. If you've already gone and say, you know, Andy, before you were saying, gosh, I, I want, I'm not sure if my insurance policy that I've got for my things, notes Amazon on the policy as an interested party. So these are the things to check, guys, with your insurance agent, because maybe they've missed it, or maybe they're just trying to get you covered and make you feel good. However, <clears throat> having been in, as I told you guys earlier before we led into the people just coming on board now, Having done business insurance um, full on with a lot of complicated businesses before moving into this Amazon space, and this is important for your house, for your car, for any insurance, is if, if you don't declare correctly what you're doing, your insurance policy is worthless. You are spending money to make yourself feel good, but if something goes wrong, you know, non-disclosure, is the wrong thing to do. So if you've got a fully imported motor car and you forget to tell them that, forget, whatever the word is, and you get car insurance, that's all good. You go, oh, I've got a policy and that's all That's all cool. But if you write the car off or you have a crash, they're going to get someone to come out there, they're going to check it and they're going to go, hang on, this is a fully imported model, not the one that's commonly available in our country. You didn't disclose that. We're not going to cover you and you, you don't get your car covered. Right, so that's the same with your product liability insurance. You've got to disclose. So make sure the country of manufacture is properly disclosed on your insurance papers because sometimes agents are, show, are giving people, because oh, I hear that I go, no, 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 I got a price somewhere else. It was like nearly half you guys. And I'm shocked because I'm like, I thought I knew every policy and we hunt hard 
So when I hear that, I'm like, right, tell me where you got it because I want to know because I want to offer it to people. And once I dig in there, man, you know what? They're, they're not saying it's made in China. They're just saying, oh, they're selling bedside lamp or alarm clock or whatever it may be. And some of them even say it's made in the USA or it's made in Australia or Japan or somewhere else. And they're not saying it's made in China for, for one simple basic example. So country of manufacture, um, other things for people selling outside of the USA, because I know I've got people watching in other countries. For you guys, they want to know the percentage of turnover generated in the US. So for Aussies, the limit used to be 30%. You could not generate more than 30% of your turnover out of the US market or the policy wouldn't cover you. I said, well, that's no good because almost everyone I know is generating 100% of their turnover out of the US. They're like, no, 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 we don't want to cover it then. Righto, take all those off the list. Then the next thing you'd say to them is, well, okay, that they never have a problem with the limit, okay? The million dollar limit is no problem. So we start at one and a half million uh, cover, Aussie dollars, because your dollar's strong at the moment, right? So we make sure it's not, they never have a problem with the limit. They often have a big problem with noting Amazon and its affiliates though on the policy. Because Andy, what that would mean, and Amy, this is an important point as well, is if you get drawn into some sort of legal battle, normally what this policy is gonna do is cover you for the legal, yeah? Because the fine or the penalty is one thing, you know, to make the person go away. That's one thing, but it's all the legal fees and expenses that go along with this. So you want, you want to make sure that Amazon and its affiliates is noted there because if this product fails and Amazon gets dragged in as well, this means you've got to pay the excess. So if the claim is against you or it's against Amazon, it's your policy, so you pay the excess. So... You need it to be, and you need to keep an eye on what that excess is. Because sometimes what say some agents do is they give you they give you the yearly price and it's relatively low, but the excess might be ten thousand dollars. I mean that's a heck of an excess. So I mean I'll, would be for me anyway. I wouldn't want to, especially if if it's a problem that could go away rather quickly. So you need to keep an eye on some, some things like that. The other thing is if you're selling on internet in international markets, so for your, U, your US viewers today, if you guys go to a US agent and there's so many brokers and, and agents you could go to to get your GI policy, what I've found is that US brokers and agents can only get policies for your sales in the US. So if you sell in other, in other uh, countries on Amazon, you need to go to those countries and get a product liability policy for your UK, your Hong Kong, your Canada, your et cetera, et cetera. So what Roxanne, Roxanne, um, my wife, is a hunter in insurance. And she's been able to source a policy that covers you worldwide. So one policy, worldwide cover, when you have this policy, It'll cover everything you do in the United States or everything you do in Australia if you're an Aussie or if you're watching us from Singapore or India or et cetera, you can get access to that policy. 
Now, we have made that policy available to US sellers through a broker network. So what we've been working on over the last sort of six months hard is setting up an international broker network so that we can offer this worldwide policy to guys that are based in the UK, the USA, Canada, Singapore, New Zealand, you get the idea. So you can get access to this policy that we've been able to source and you have one policy worldwide that is fully compliant with all those things that I'm fussy on. But I'm fussy on them for a reason and the reason I'm fussy on them is if you're insured properly, you've got security and that's why you buy insurance in the first place. Now there are some people who are just trying to get around the system by having a certificate of insurance to show. So if Amazon says, okay, upload a certificate, they'll upload something that doesn't actually really cover them. And if they're comfortable to go to sleep at night with that, and I won't call it a dodgy one, but it's, you get the idea. They know it's not done correctly. Well, that's cool. It won't actually cover them though, should something go wrong. They might be able to upload it. Yeah, you know, maybe Amazon won't check it as closely as they need to. But I tell you what, if they do, or if you get flagged doing non-disclosure, you know what it's like. If Amazon thinks you do something shady, you know, setting up things under multiple account names or, you know, trying to funnel money off or whatever, and they just ban you, you're gone. There's no side hustle. There's no, you know, laptop lifestyle because you had the wrong intention. So we real, I really want to make that point strong is that the, there are lots of different options and things out there. Our main point of difference is worldwide policy and I check it closely and Roxanne is extremely thorough to make sure it's fully compliant. Awesome, Peter. Awesome. That, you, yeah, you made some really great points there. I think that um, I'm definitely going to go back and look at my insurance. It was set up, you know, multiple years ago. I've been in this game for a long time. So um, I definitely... I'm do the same, Andy, because I've just been like renewing mine every year. Exactly. And I've yep. brought so many new products and even new brands to the market. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking, oh man, like, am I still protected? Yep. So one question I have is, uh, what about as we move, you know, some of us might've gotten insurance when we first started and we've added a lot of products since then and maybe not in different categories, but maybe so in different categories. What should we be asking our insurance agent um, as far as making sure that we're covered if something goes on with one of those products? So is there a chance that I could be covered with, for one of my products, but not for another? Um, I think the best thing to do in that situation would be to um, email your broker, your insurance broker, a list of the products so that you've, you've given that to them. Because as an insurance agent and broker, they're licensed. Um, for Australia, we're licensed with ASIC. And we have to meet, there's a whole lot of requirements insure, in terms of insurance due diligence to make sure that we disclose to the insurance company. So if you disclose to your broker or your agent a list of everything that you've got and you say, please forward this through to the insurance company, that is you showing due diligence. And should anything happen, 
and you have a copy of that email and all the information, uh, particularly update, make sure your turnover's updated as well, Amy. So the main things to um, country of manufacture, the product types and your turnover. They're the three main things that your insurer is going to want to know as an umbrella. And if they require more information, they're going to ask for it. In other words, if you say my, my products are all made in India, the USA and China, they're going to say, okay, cool. Just give, give us a turnover split on that. And uh, when you're I mean, talking and, about a turnover, you're specifically talking about sales, like where yes. those sales are taking place. So if, if 50% of my products are made in the US, but it's 100% turnover in the US, and 50% um, are made in China. So I've got to tell them US and China with 100% turnover in the US. And then I do have some that are sold in all of North America. Uh, even though they're fulfilled by Amazon, I have a North American unified account. So many are sold in Canada and Mexico. Um, but they probably need to know that, you know, like less than 10% turnover is Mexico and Canada, right? Exactly. Yes, that's right. And you forward all of that through to your insurance agent. So once you, once you have sent that email, right, because you have the insurance policy with the insurer, your broker or your agent is, is the intermediary. They make things easy, Andy, in the event of your fire. You know how you said, oh, my goodness, everything got organised for me. I didn't have to sit there, call, waiting, pushing number five, telling my story over and over. I mean, goodness me, once, once you've had a claim once like that, you, you'd never go direct. In Australia, a lot of people, direct insurers were coming out, you can insure with us direct. But a lot of people who are wise realise, no, 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 it's so much better doing it with a broker. And by the way, you don't pay any more because the insurance company just pays the broker for bringing the client to them instead of them spending all those tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars on television advertising and all their email advertising. They, they love brokers because the broker just brings them the person straight up, signed up. They don't have to sort of work through them. So, Amy, everything you said there was exactly correct. That sort of information, when you disclose that through to your insurance broker or agent, they then are required by law to pass that on to, their, to the insurance company. And the insurance company will take all of that, put it into the system, and in most cases, adjust your policy very little. Because sometimes people scare, they get scared, and they go, oh goodness, my turnover. It's gone up from you know, 100,000 a year to 200, or from 200 to 500,000 a year. Oh, how's that going to affect the insurance? And the first thing I say to them is, what a good problem to have, mm -hmm. right? That's Absolutely. great. It's gone from here to here. I said, the next thing is, is it doesn't cost double the money for double the cover. In fact, it's not 25% more, it's not 20, it's usually a very small increase comparative to the amount that your turnover has gone up or the amount of cover that you wanted. I had a person, who said to me, I, I don't want 1 million US cover, I want 10 million US cover. They, they've got a lot of products and a lot of different things. They wanted a lot of, they wanted to make sure they were covered properly. I was thinking, oh my goodness, this is gonna be a massive, you know, I knew it wouldn't be 10 times the price for, of 1 million. <clears throat> well, it wasn't even double. It was, it was a lot more than a million, but it wasn't 10 times the price or even double the price. It was it was 
more, but not that much more. So I think um, getting back to your point as well, the other, other things you can do is ask your insurance agent when reviewing your policy. So this is the latest information. Put it on them. Is there anything else you think that I should be insured for? Because under law, by asking that question, you're asking them for advice. They're, they're advised to, to tell you if you're not covered for something in particular. So if you have something missed, if you, let's say you have accidental damage in um, shipping, right? You have some, uh, a forklift stabs and goes, puts a hole somewhere and your container's on the outside of the ship and it sails from China all the way to the States and your shipping container gets hit by the waves and the rain and whatever and it leaks and your stock gets damaged. So under a policy I would recommend, you'd have accidental damage because I just know you'd want that. You just don't want damaged or missing. You want accidental damage as well. Well, you need to ask your agent that question because they're, they're gonna need to check because otherwise if something happens to you and you said, you told me I had accidental damage and I didn't, they gotta solve that for you. There's a, a legal requirement that they need to sort those sorts of things out. That's a great tip, Peter. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, if you give them all the information, you're really going to be covering yourself. And that's where, once again, um, you know, having somebody uh, rather than dealing directly with the insurance company, you're, you know, you're dealing with a broker who's, you know, ha you know, has to kind of go through and help you with all, all of those things. So that's, that, that's a, a great point. Really quick, uh, Peter, um, we don't want to keep you for too long, but um, what are, can you give us some examples? I know it's ballpark, so we're, we're telling everybody it's ballpark, uh, you know, numbers wise. Can you give us like an example of like one of your policies, just so people kind of know like, you know, kind of uh, what they would deal with, uh, you know, cost wise and what kind of policy you would suggest or policy? Um, so non-baby, non-toys. Oh, look, I got a baby one the other day, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, go for it wasn't, yeah, over, over, uh, uh, under, under promise and over deliver. <laughs> yeah, that's it exactly. Yeah, and, oh, well, it wasn't too bad. Well, there's so many different baby things. Right. I mean, right. all right, I'll, I'll tell. I should tell the people. Anything you put a baby in, yeah, righto. You're gonna have to take out your checkbook. You, we could probably get you cover, but if you, if you carry the baby in the backpack, the front pack, you put it in the chair. Like these things that. You're strapped to the to the kitchen dining chair that boosts your baby up, and oh my goodness, like you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know the numbers look really good, guys, but there's a reason. <laughs> and oh, yeah, look. it's almost as bad as selling beauty products, right? If it goes on the body or in the body, avoid it. Now, and if you know, if if it, if it holds the baby, if the baby goes in or on the product, just expect. Yeah. Expect to work that into your business plan and your margins <laughs> because insurance be is going to be a little, yeah, a little yeah. higher. If, you know, if you want to be a hippie and put those amber, amber teething things around your child's thing is going to help with teething and kind of be cool. Uh, don't, don't think, oh, this is a great idea and they're not on Amazon and go and order 2,000 of them because they're actually banned on Amazon. You're not allowed to sell amber teething baby products. So I know everyone would check that in their due diligence, but guys, check things out because there are, there are some things that catch people. All right, I can't so, tell um, you how I, many. I think, so this is Aussie dollars. 
um, it was close to 2000, so maybe like 1850 or something for a baby product the other day. Um, I had someone in kitchen and hardware who was a bit, this is Aussie dollars, yeah. Um, and that's the worldwide policy too. So they have the one policy, they can sell that anywhere around the world and it'd be Amazon compliant and the insurance company will cover them on all of the platforms with all of the things fully disclosed. So just to give you the background on those prices, made in China, 100% of the turnover out of the USA, because um, the US is, they're scared of the US the most, yeah? Because you guys sue one another, right? So the insurer's like, oh God, US. Oh, we'll give, we had one insurer said, we'll do everywhere else in the world, but not USA. I'm like, well, that's the only one I want. <laughs> Do me a discount for just USA. They're like, no, 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 that doesn't work that way. Um, but look, yeah, so the prices, let's call it somewhere between fifteen hundred and two grand. Okay. And um, Andy, please just let me just say this to people based on turnover, based on what it is and that sort of thing. Um, people who are selling riskier things, things that go in the mouth and uh Goodness me, there was a story the other day of a person who killed themselves with a stainless steel straw, tripped over and the stainless steel straw went through her eye and into her brain. And I would oh, imagine the goodness. price on stainless steel straws might have gone up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I haven't checked. But uh, oh, look, hoverboards and things like that that are causing people to go through walls, they go on fire. There's a lot of open court cases on those. Stay away from... You know, electric skateboards where you have the remote control and a stand on that thing, they're hard. Anything like, like common sense. If there's something where you think people might hurt themselves, burn themselves, somewhat, somewhat sue you for, you're going to pay more. Andy, more is I've had a few five or $10,000 ones. Um, but the person's been doing, you know, 50, 100 grand a month type numbers. And they, they really sit there and they look at that and they think, you know, if I pay by the month and I can see that things can go wrong, because you can pay insurance by the month and it's not much, it's not, it's like a normal, percent, it's single figure percentages. It's not usually less than 5%. It's like not, not much more. So that can help them with their turnover. But when they're doing 50 or 100 grand a month and they're getting serious, and they're going through these hurdles now. So it was something where the insurer would cover them, but they needed to have the, the safety requirement met. And once it was compliant, the insurer would take on the insurance. Yeah, and I'm sure you get that. Because, I mean, it makes sense, correct? If, if Walmart, Kmart, etc., are selling baby chairs, baby, uh, what are you, pacifiers, you know, they're selling bottles and all sorts of things where a kid could hurt themselves, They've got big corporate cover somewhere. So smaller businesses must be able to get cover as well. So the answer is yes, you'll pay for it. If your business has grown to the size where you can bring it in, you need to take that into your business plan. And I think also, Andy, with the, this point about Amazon now realising that they could get drawn into the Because before they used to say, their argument was, we don't sell it the third party seller person sells it and we don't manufacture it. We're just a platform to offer all these products to people. Don't draw us into a product liability case. And after that finding, so the person went to court in Philadelphia 
Um, they go said, no, 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 we're sticking with Amazon. Amazon's just the intermediary. They said, well, we're going to federal court. So they went to federal court and federal court said, well, actually, this is not a normal marketplace because Amazon won't let the buyer talk to the seller. They block communication. So there can't be a free flow of questions. And therefore, the um, Amazon needs to accept some sort of responsibility as being the seller. So that's, that's legally what this new term and change means. So California's already taken this on board. So any of you guys who are following or listening to this and you are California-based sellers, your priority is actually the highest. <laughs> so you go check with that agent of yours. He's going to be going, who the heck was this guy you talked to in Australia? <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know what I find too? Is, and this is another great point just for you guys when you think about it. How many insurance agents are going to have their head around Amazon? Because, man, this thing's not simple. Like, what I've found was when I search for people to set up this broker network with, is the best agents are agents who sell on Amazon as well because they understand all the complexities of it. I mean, we take for granted that I understand what a 3PL even stands for, even FBA. MOQ. I mean, most insurance agents, man, they're just used to insuring a shoe shop or, a, you know, a guy with a truck. And I wear, we're a bit of a niche here. So I think um, dealing with the right person and getting someone who actually understands what the heck you're talking about is an important point. That's all great information, Peter. Yeah, I'm up in Northern California, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I, like I said, I'm, I'm gonna have to do an audit either way. But the, but that's a good point. Um, something else you mentioned though that's interesting, and I never really thought of it from that standpoint, um, because uh, you know, like you said, there, there's a block in communication. You could actually see Amazon as part of trying to to squeeze back under being a marketplace. Might end up saying, okay, we're gonna give access to all the shoppers. That's you know now now. You know, now this is the third party, you know, dealing directly with the, Now they can contact the customers. You know, I, I would not be surprised if that's part of some kind of settlement or, you know, some move they made. You know, they did brand analytics to try to stay away from, from this anti-competitive stuff because they're selling stuff on their own platform. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if they take any, any routes, uh, you know, to, to try to alleviate uh, some of that uh, liability. Uh, that's an, that's yeah. an interesting point. So and, and for, you know, as this information comes out as well um, on these different things, it, it'll be a good, I don't know if you're having your podcast, but a section and it could be, you know, insurance part one, but we could add to this and we could talk about the ramifications of what this might mean because it's an evolving space. Um, it was back in 2016 that Amazon actually made it. Um, a term of service to actually have an insurance policy. And that's actually when the retractable, retractable dog leash case first went to court. So you can see how it's taken two and a half years for that to actually have an outcome and an effect on us today. And as a lot of you guys know, there's quite a lag with Amazon from when things happen to when it takes place. But then the, the fertilizer scare with the bacteria, Amazon put in its algorithm, anyone who mentioned bacteria in their listing, would get taken down and then put up bit by bit. Well, I know of people who were caught in that and it cost them big time. A lot of them had to walk away from their categories because they lost all of their rank and they got stuck with all of this stock and, you know, Amazon's one simple change can, can really hurt us. And that's why I think 
when uh, how I love how when Amy's talking in a, in a course about not just solely relying on Amazon, but looking outside of the Amazon platform to give your business more than one leg, you know, more than one support. So that if you've got other marketplaces outside of Amazon as well, you could, because if something unfortunate happens, you do not want everything to end. And as you, as you evolve uh, as a seller, and I, I've noticed Roxanne and I having similar conversations, we realize our exposure to the Amazon platform. While it's a brilliant platform, it's also, I think, from a safety point of view, great to spread your, um, your risk. Yeah, absolutely. Diversifying is a, is, is a great thing to do. My wife just got a real estate license last year. We're going to start doing uh, more and more real estate investing, things like that. Um, and of course, I own my software business. Uh, I always have, quote unquote, the side hustle, maybe too many though. You know, I, I, I always need to, to, to make myself stay focused. So really quick, Peter, before we wrap up, um, what are some of your uh, favorite books, podcasts, motivational materials? Kind of what yeah, I always love to, to hear because you, you'll find some people listening to some gym or or giving you some gem that you know they've heard somewhere, listened to, watched. Um, any favorites uh, in that realm? Um, look, I listen to. I, I, what I do, I think I put it this way because I get my information from a lot of different sources, and you know, when building a business, and I've always kind of worked for myself and been building my own businesses. So whoever the podcast may be, and I love when I met uh, Stephen Zelikoff because I'd, I'd actually listen to quite a lot of his in the car and I commute. So I live in a place called the Sunshine Coast, which is in Queensland, which is 100 kilometres away from Brisbane. So that drive takes approximately one hour and that one hour I set aside for, you know, educational, motivational, inspirational type information. So I'm learning about people selling all sorts of different products. I'm learning about different strategies. Um, I've listened to a lot of uh, Amy's chats about China. Um, so I think the time thing is a big thing for me because Andy, I don't read books. I've got, I've got a two-year-old and a five-year-old. You know, these people go, oh, I wake up in the morning and I plan my day and I meditate. <laughs> and I go, oh yeah, I've got no kids, hey. Eh? <laughs> that that's exactly I'm, la I'm laughing i'm laughing because uh i have three kids under the age of six and I'm my favorite like you know i was just at SellerCon like a couple months ago and like half the speakers are like you know i get up and i meditate and i was like you know i'm like what do you have mutant children that sit in the corner and stare at the wall when they wake up in the morning like my kids are you know in at 5 a.m jumping in bed with me you know smashing me with pillows so that's that's why i laugh because it's, yeah. it's it comes straight home and i don't read either i listen to uh podcasts and audiobooks yeah, so look, that's where I get most of my information. And then I've, I've changed my Instagram feed as well. And I follow hashtags of, you know, with, F, with FBA and entrepreneur type quotes and things that, you know, that, that push you when you're feeling flat. Because when you're in a good mood, it's really easy to sort of want to, you know, take on the world and deal with a challenge or a problem or a struggle. But it's, it's when you've just had some bad news and uh, some things go against you that you really, you need those inspirational type things to help to push you through the hard times. Cause that's the difference between the people who make it and don't. It, it's not when the things are going well, it's how they handle it when things don't go well. 
And, you know, I think that's a really important point for people because, you know, everyone can be a good guy or a good girl when things are going well, but a true sign of character is what someone's like when the you-know-what hits the fan and there's a crisis and everyone's like, holy heck, what, what, what am I going to do? That's when real character comes through. And you can build that up within yourself, even at a deeper and a subconscious level, by filling your mind with that good, clean, powerful, positive type information. And don't buy into all the crap that's on the, the news. Because, you know, the news is telling us, oh, consumer sentiment's down, unemployment's up, da 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 you know, the, oh, there's a, there's a war with China, oh, they could, they, you know, oh, Iran, they've, they've, they've taken a boat, oh, God, they might take more boats, oh, this could be it. And you go, oh my gosh, it's the end of my e-com business. I mean, if you fill your mind with that sort of rubbish, you wouldn't want to get out of bed in the morning if you had enough of it. So I, I'm very into what you were saying, self-help, motivation and that sort of thing. And I'm very aware that it makes a difference in the people who make it and don't make it. Because I, I know it's not IQ and it's not education that make people happy and successful and, and are able to achieve things. It's the choices that they make and their internal dialogue and you can influence that stuff. Yeah, that's, that's an amazing, uh, great point and great advice. Yeah. For me, I mean, um, you know, I'm one of those people where, you know, up till just the last few years, you know, if something major happened, I would just be down in the dumps for, you know, days, weeks, you know, things like that forever. Um, you know, for me, it's been, um, you know, Tony Robbins is huge and you know, you can, he's got like everything on YouTube. You can just go listen to it for free. He's epic. Um, you know, Gary V, uh, you know, Gary V, I have a love hate with Gary V. Uh, he's kind of a douchebag, but he makes a lot of great points. Um, and, uh, and, and I think uh, overall, uh, I think, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I get a lot from him. So I, I give him, I give him the benefit of the doubt. I also relate to him a lot because, you know, we're right around the same age. So, you know, he's into a lot of the stuff and mentions a lot of stuff like, uh, you know, when I was a kid probably why that ready player one book and movie was, you know, so popular because it resonated with kind of that, that generation. So Peter, uh, before we go again uh, to um, uh, let people know how they can get in touch with you, your you know, website, email, Facebook, you know, whatever you want to mention. So, so people can seek you out and uh, find out how they can protect themselves from the big bad liability devil. Yeah, sure. So um, our website's called online sellers insurance and people can go online there and they basically, you can get an indication of price online. So you can go onto the website, onlinesellersinsurance.com.au and you can go through and it'll ask the questions like Amy was talking about earlier. Where your product's manufactured, what percentage do you sell in the US or in Australia or worldwide? Those sorts of questions. All the way through categories, etc. to the bottom. It gives you an indication of price. There's also a fillable PDF that people can um, fill out and get us uh, an information collect. So for the difficult products, we can go to hunt for you to zero in on exactly what the insurer might need to get you that cover. So onlinesellersinsurance.com.au is how people get in contact with us. Wherever people are watching from around the world, we, our goal is to help find you a solution. So it may not be we are your broker, but what it will be is someone in the broker network who, as I mentioned to you guys, is preferably an Amazon seller as well, and they do insurance. That's who I'm looking for. Uh, and for those, so there might be people in your group who know someone like that. I'd love to be in contact with them. 
because in the United States, um, an insurance broker or agent often can only represent certain states in the US. And while I have most of them and I've got the big ones, there are other states that I'd still like to get as well. And what, what I'm going to form is like a worldwide insurance network where if someone comes to online sellers insurance, we can find them a solution for their, for their selling on Amazon that is fully compliant and a worldwide policy. So one policy everywhere. So what that will mean is, is there's quite a few people who sell on more than what's just the Amazon USA, correct? And as soon as you go into other areas to be compliant, you might need three or four policies. It's going to be way better to have one that covers you worldwide. That's a great point. Uh, awesome, Peter. Thank you so much. And uh, just so people know, like you, uh, you will insure anybody from from pretty much anywhere, right? It's not just you're not just taking on Australian clients. You're taking on people from the U.S., probably from Europe, things like that. That's right. Focusing a lot on Southeast Asia at the moment. There's a big push in Singapore, Hong Kong, Vietnam, um, and I'm setting up all those broker relationships. And I've got a lot of good relationships in the States as well. So what they're doing is they're getting access to the policy that Roxanne and I have helped to create. So we go to them, set up that working relationship because you're, you guys have got your own licenses to sell insurance and I don't have that license, right? I've got an Australia and ASIC license. But what I can do is set up that relationship, give them access to the policy and they can get the same policy they get from me, but we just need to do it through a broker network. If you get to you see how that sort of, it's, a, it's another, another big roadblock, Amy, that was stopping us from our growth. And we had to find a way around that, which was still able to give people access to the great product and bring, bring on the challenge, as I say, because we just want to try and solve them so we can uh, serve people better. Perfect. Hey, Peter, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, once again, thank you, everybody who joins us live. Uh, we, we got our regulars in here. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we always call you out because we really, really appreciate you guys uh, coming in here and participating live. You always give us great questions, you know, as we're, as we're doing the episode. And that's why we're sticking with this format. I know like a lot of, uh, you know, people doing podcasts don't do this format and we've just found it to be really uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, fun and exciting. And, and we're, we're, I think we get the best information this way, uh, this way. Remember guys, we really, 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 really appreciate it. Uh, subscribe rate and review on this podcast. Amy, guess what? I checked Chartable today and we were beating, uh, I, I'm pretty sure every FBA podcast uh, out there. I, I, I don't want to mention the big, <laughs> podcast that started years before us. I'm not, I, cause I, you know, I, I'm not going to do that, but we were beating some of, some of the biggest uh, Amazon podcasts, um, you know, at, at least for yesterday. <laughs> they made pop back, pop I'll back take and, it one day. I'll yeah, take yeah, that, that to me, that, that, yeah, that, that's a huge win. So yeah. So thank you guys so much. I think you guys are spreading the word for us and we really, really appreciate that. Uh, you know, I, I think that it's, it, it's showing that we're really trying to give you guys the absolute most value. We're not holding back. We're giving you guys all the tips, tricks, secrets, you know, the things that, uh, you know, hopefully we can help you guys fire your boss. That's, uh, you know, that's our end goal. We really want to see you guys uh, succeed and, uh, you know, uh, get, get what you, what you deserve in life. So thank you guys uh, so much uh, for doing that. And a couple of other quick things. Um, we're doing a sourcing small masterclass. Uh, it's kind of a beta. When this airs, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you probably won't hear this till afterwards, but still you can go to the website and, and, and check it out. And we, we might have version two up by then. Um, there's a short link. You can just go to selleroundtable.com slash class. Um, it's gonna be, the, the, the beta versions 
super inexpensive. The next version is also going to be very uh, inexpensive because our main goal is to just teach you guys. Um, and the other thing is Amy uh, and Steven do the Canton Fair experience. If you guys actually want to go to China um, and get some, you know, handholding and, and really um, learn, uh, you know, how to tackle um, and, uh, sourcing in China directly and getting the best deals and dealing with all that stuff, um, check that out. It's cantonfairexperience.com. Thank you guys again, and we'll see you next week, uh, of course, every uh, Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific time. And we'll see you next time. Have a great one. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.